Take your scriptures, please, and go to the Gospel of Luke, the very last chapter, and verse number 49. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I have asked the Holy Spirit on the heels of this revival that He has given us. As I return to the pulpit, what emphasis would He have me to share? And he told me, tell him about the Holy Ghost. And that's what I'm going to do. Matter of fact, he reminded me that while we are in a politically correct world, and even churches are trying their best to fit in to cultures and systems, and by so doing, oftentimes would minimize certain doctrines of Scripture, he told me that what we need is all of the Word and a greater emphasis in these last days on the power of the Spirit. So I'm taking orders from Him. And I hold up, rather answer to Him and hear Him say, Well done, than the otherwise. So Luke 24 and 49 is one scripture I'd like to use, but it's a sort of a launching pad, if you will, for other scriptures related to this word. Jesus said in verse 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry, which means, of course, wait. Be patient. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Everybody read it out loud with me on the count of three from the screen. One, two, and three. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. Anybody here open uh, to being taught by the Spirit? Say amen. amen. Stretch your hand in my direction. I need you to pray for me so that the Lord will help me to help you and together we'll be changed. Father, oh, I thank you for Holy Communion. I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Word of God. And Father, would you touch my brothers and sisters and those who are going to be brothers and sisters in the kingdom? Would you let the Word of God just find a strong place in our hearts? Some of this, oh God, many who are seasoned will know some of this already, but we need to hear it again. And those who are more recent in their walk need to hear it, Lord. But we don't just need to hear it, we need to experience the Holy Spirit so I pray, O oh God, that we will not let anything of our flesh hinder the work of the Spirit so that you might do your right and thorough work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen it is. And you may be seated. Thank you very much. Because we are a nation largely dependent on foreign oil for power and energy needed to run our cars our homes, and industry. We've heard much lately about developing alternate sources of power, energy, for economic and national security reasons. We as a nation are now more than ever aggressively pursuing how to harness other sources of power. We are asking the question, how can we make the power of the wind work for us? We are asking the question about solar power. How can we 
connect to that. Now we already know the power of water when properly controlled. I think they call it hydroelectrical power. And that's the reason why we have such dams and uh, other kinds of uh, areas where we wall up water so that it can be released with control power to produce electricity otherwise. Then there is this thing of nuclear power and what can be gained from that in a safe environment. Then we're told about the fact that coal, the burning of coal and, and uh, the possibility of clean coal can give us an alternate power so that we can as a nation not be dependent upon people some of which who have called themselves our enemies to hold us over the barrel if we find ourselves in need of energy, but at odds with our producers. Regardless of how you shake it, we need power. We need power both on the outside and on the inside. We need power for the physical being and for the spiritual being. Can I get an amen? And so on the heels of our wonderful revival, I came to speak to you this morning about a power available to us to help us live the victorious life with God and in this world. I want to talk to you about power that keeps you and cleanses you. For those of you that have recently been saved or recently returned to God... You need this power to keep you from returning to the old life of the world and the flesh and the devil. See, when you recently come to God or rededicate your life to God, Satan's going to give you a, a little time to run on that energy and that joy and leave you alone for a few days or a few weeks or even a few months. But it won't be long before he comes dangling before your eyes and your appetite some of the former lifestyle that he says you miss. And so in order for us to have a continued revival, we must have the power of the Holy Ghost. In order to avoid a high rate of attrition, we must have the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know, I don't want us to have revival or Sunday services where people just act like they just got raptured and never show up again until somebody's funeral or Mother's Day. I'm going to start to preach before I start to preach. We, what keeps us? It has to be the power of God. And for those of us who've been saved and filled with the Holy Spirit for quite some time, we need this refilling power of the Holy Ghost. Many of you already know that a seasoned Pentecostals, that, that you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and it's one of the gifts of the Spirit, but it's not the end of the experience. Some people think, well, you know, I got saved, and, and I needed to do that. I was baptized in water, and I needed to do that, and I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I needed to do that. And I, along with it came the gift of speaking in tongues, and I got that, and maybe other gifts. And, and some folks have thought, well, maybe there's no more. And yet the fact of the matter is that because we are humans baptized in the Holy Ghost and because the devil is our arch enemy, we have to be refilled every day with the Spirit of God. Because if we're not refilled with the Spirit of God, Satan's plan is to make your walk with God mediocre, mundane, and miserable. Anybody hearing me? And God doesn't want miserable Christians. Can I get a witness here? The worst thing in the world is to be a miserable Christian. 
God didn't save us to give us misery. He saved us to deliver us from misery. Amen, church? And you know, I kind of like to look at it this way. All of us are cell phone dependent now. And you have yours turned off, I'm sure, because you're spiritual people. And so the only one that need to be calling us is God, and He doesn't have to have a cell phone. But the fact of the matter is, the thing about being cell phone dependent is, along the way, you've got to charge up the thing. Can I get a witness here? And some of you start off your day miserable because you forgot to plug in the cell phone. It is as if the Queen of England or the President of the United States is going to call you. You know, and, and, you know, we, so we are so dependent on the cell phone that, but we come to realize unless we charge it and connect it to the source of power, there will be no ability to communicate whether somebody calling or we going out. And I'm saying to you, the power of God and the power of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is similar to, but better than being recharging our phones or refueling our car with gasoline in order to keep communication and energy going. Our text tells us that power is what Jesus promised. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, Luke 24 and 49. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. In Acts 1 and 8, Jesus again speaking said, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. I am saying that power is what Jesus promised. Power to live a spirit-filled life. Power to change. I may know some things you just can't change on your own. you got to have help. Power to grow. The Bible says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Power to grow. Power to overcome. The Bible says that oftentimes the enemy will come in like a flood, unannounced, overwhelming. But God will lift up a standard against him. Power to be consistent. Oh, help me, Lord Jesus. Power to be real. Power to be content. Not everything's going to go our way, but if you'll hold on and trust God, all things do still work together for good to them that love God and are called to His purpose. Paul says, in whatever state I'm in, I've learned how to be content by the power of the Holy Ghost. Power to surrender to God. Power to defeat our fears. And we all have them. Power to expand our horizon in the Word of God. So, let me speak to you about the power of a Spirit-led, filled life. There are five Greek words used for power in the New Testament. As far as I know, there's only one English word used for power. And so when you break down the five Greek words, because most of you already know the original language of the New Testament was Koine Greek. When you go back to the original language, you'll find why God saw fit to inspire the writers with five words. Because His power just can't be limited to our English vocabulary. And so in order for you to understand what's available to you, let me just highlight them, if you will. The first Greek word is the word dunamis. 
The word is probably most familiar. From it we get the English word dynamo. Where we get our English word dynamite. I mean, you know, that's power. Dunamis means inherent power. Power resident in someone or something. And you shall receive power. The second Greek word is the word energia. Energia means, actually it's from the, it's where we get the root English word energy. Power and energy. Almost synonymous. It signifies operative power. Overt power. Outward power. Therefore, energia means strength or energy that performs or act or does something. Oh, hallelujah. I want that kind of power. Then, then there's a third Greek word, kratos. It is possibly from this Greek word kratos that we get our English word creator. And we know what and who the creator is. Being God. Kratos means force. Strength, might, especially manifested power, and you shall receive Kratos power. The fourth Greek word is the word iskus. And this word means endowed strength. A power given to you. Samson in the Old Testament might be the personification of the word iskus. Because God gave him the power. He was of natural height as a physical man would be. He was of natural human limitations. But when God gave him, when the Spirit of God would come upon Samson, he could take the jawbone of a donkey and slay 1,000 Philistines. When the power of God came upon him, he could lift up heavy iron gates that were the gates of the city and take them to a high mountain and cast them down in the valley because God's the God of that kind of power. Somebody say amen. Amen. And then there's a fifth Greek word for power. It's the word exousia, which means authority. How many do God has given us all power, all authority over the devil and his enemies? Raise up both of your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for your power. Come on, somebody say, praise the Lord. All authority is given unto you in heaven and in earth. And I want to tell you something about Jesus. Jesus operated in his earthly ministry and operates now in all five of these powers. Somebody say amen. Jesus had inherent power, which is dunamis. He had operative power, which is energia. He had endowed power given to him by the Father. He had demonstrated power. And I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters... Before Jesus left to go to heaven, he instructed his disciples in Luke 24 and 49. But behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endured with power from on high. The Lord did not leave his disciples or you and I to make it on our own when he left. Give me an amen. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come again. My bodily, physical presence from the earth is going to be gone. And they became very discouraged, the disciples. They became very disappointed. Because he was everything to them. 
when they couldn't cast out a, uh, a demon or demons from a man's son, they called on Jesus. When they couldn't feed the multitudes, they called on Jesus. I, I, my name ain't Jonathan Ziegler or Jackie Smith, but I feel a whoop glory coming right on me. They couldn't calm the stormy waters on the Sea of Galilee, so they woke up Jesus. And they're thinking, what in the world are we going to do now that Jesus is going to be gone? And he says, I, I will not, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless, John's Gospel, chapter 14. But I will send you another comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. And he shall be both with you and in you. And Jesus said in John 14, greater works than these that I've done, you're going to do. Not greater works by way of quality. How can you get any greater than calm in the storm? How can you get any greater than raising the dead? Oh, help me, Jesus. How can you get any greater than taking five loaves and two fishes, feeding 5,000, having 12 baskets left over? But I'm going away and preparing you a place, but I'm going to leave you with power to do the same things I did. If you'll believe me and be filled with the Spirit, greater works than these you shall do because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will do it. Somebody put your hands together and believe that word. The root word for the word endued. And you shall receive power, but you shall be endured with power. The root word for the word endured occurs 28 times in the New Testament. And every time it's used, it is in the sense of putting on clothing or being clothed with power. Now, recently and still in the process is the next possible candidate to fill the vacancy on the Supreme Court. Being feminine in gender. I think Hispanic or Latino in origin. She's a candidate presented by the president to the Senate and to others who have the authority to endorse and sanction her appointment. Now, when you look at this lady as she moves around, because we've been given exposure to her and some of her history by the media, she looks like a wifely, grandmotherly kind of type of lady. And she looks like just an ordinary Person of the feminine gender. But if she's approved, she's going to sit in the highest court in the land. She and her peers will have the authority to even overwrite or undo the word of the president. Because that's the way our judicial system is set up. Now, she may not look like a whole lot just by looking at her in her regular daily attire. But you let her put on a black robe. And let, let her put on the vestments of her judicial rank. Probably a hood of some kind. And let her sit along with her peers on the bench of the Supreme Court of the United States. And everyone in the courtroom will stand up when she walks in without her opening her mouth. I feel it coming on because she's got it on. The garments of power, representing power. Uh, the defending attorney will say, yes, ma'am, to her. And the prosecuting attorney will say, yes, ma'am, to her. And she will be seated before anybody else in the courtroom is seated. 
And everyone will rise when she gets ready to leave and she'll leave first. <laughs> I feel it coming. The same lady that may not get respect at home by her husband, may not get a yes ma'am by her grandchildren, will get the respect that she needs and deserves because of her office, because she has been duly qualified and have the garment of power. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you this morning that God, through Jesus, said, I want you and you and you and you to be endured with power. I want you to be clothed with the power of God. I don't just mean your natural garments that you have on, but I'm talking about that power of God that when demons see you, they know you've been with God. When Satan tries to take his bow and arrow and shoot his fiery darts and attack you, they'll know that you have the garment of the power of God and his arrows will bounce off of you. Somebody say amen because you are clothed with righteousness and anointing and power from God i got to show you something. Go to the book of Acts, everybody, real quickly here. Go to the book of Acts, chapter 19. Everybody with me, say amen. Oh, help me, Jesus. Acts, chapter 19, verse number 13. Oh, help us, Lord. This is the context of miracles and signs and wonders taking place in what was known as the New Testament church, the early days of the church. The book of Acts is about how the church began. The book of Acts is how the power of the Holy Ghost came as Jesus promised. Can I get an amen here? The book of Acts, and especially Acts 2, verses 1 through 4, talks about what took place when they obeyed the Lord and went and waited in Jerusalem to pray for the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? I, I, I told you in, in Acts uh, 24 and 49, the Lord says, wait in Jerusalem till you be endured with power. I told you in Acts uh, 1 and 8 that he said, you shall receive power. Well, in Acts 2, 1, they received the power, the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says they came into the room that they were worshiping, 120 of them. They had prayed and fasted and waited on God for 10 days, 10 days of waiting. And then the Bible says there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind and filled the house, filled the room where they were worshiping. And, and the sound of the wind came and there were tongues of fire. There were little bits of fire shaped like fire over their heads and it indicated the fire of the Holy Ghost, that God was in the house in the Holy Ghost. And then all of them had a change of language given by God. They spoke in other languages, other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them a heavenly language. Can I get an amen? And after that, on that very day, Peter stood up with boldness from the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, preached salvation. Three thousand people on that day got saved. And baptized in water. And from then on, signs and wonders and miracles took place because of the power of God promised and received. And that power continued. And one occasion, in Acts 19, it says, verse 14, you there? Say amen. Well, even verse 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. What happened is, as some of these uh, paid-for prophets, one 900 called Cleo. Oh, preach little man. Some of these are people who, the first thing they have to read in the newspaper is their horoscope, H-O-R-R-O-I, scope. Some of these people who, who the, the first thing they have to read each month is what the sign under which they were born. Oh, hallelujah. Don't pick up the Bible. Don't call 1-800-JESUS. 
Find out what some unsaved, unsanctified, card-handling, uh, palm-reading, bunch of demonic stuff has to say. Some of that crowd saw how the power of God was working through Paul everywhere he went. Exorcists. They, 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 they worked in exorcism. And they charged people money so they could tell them about their present or their future. And they thought, man, this Paul guy, everywhere he goes, he's got this power. Blinded eyes are open. Crippled people are walking. Then this Paul and the other guys with him, they're having demons are cast out. And so in verse 13, these itinerant Jewish, the itinerant that travel from city to city, they took it upon themselves to use the name of Jesus with which they were not familiar. <laughs> verse 14 says, and there were some seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, who did this. One priest had seven sons, and they, they thought, well, we'll just go travel the land, make money off the people, and charge them to tell them their fortune. And they thought they'd use the name of Jesus. Hadn't personally been acquainted with Jesus. Verse 15, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? Oh, my, my, my. Verse 16. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on him and beat the tar out of him. Pardon me. This must be the Alan Matura version. No. It, it is what it means. Overpowered them. Isn't that what it means, beat the tar out of them? It'll work. Leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Verse 17. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Why do you suppose that the evil spirit said, Paul I know, and Jesus I know, but who are you? Because Paul had already been filled with the Spirit of God. He had this garment of power on. Can I get an amen here? When you spend time with God in prayer and in the Word, and when you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you don't have to wear a T-shirt that says, I'm now Spirit-filled. Oh, I got Jesus, and I'm not against you wearing that. Can I get an amen here? When, when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, we don't have to walk around advertising, I've got God and God's got me. But, but the, the, the devil in the demon-possessed man whom these uh, paid-for prophets were trying to cast out. Here's something about it. Don't try using the name of Jesus if you don't know Jesus. Okay? Don't try to be a mercenary calling the name of Jesus and making money off the name of Jesus. Or trying to impress people with a Jesus that don't already live in your heart. But if he lives in your heart, I don't care if you live in a shack and you drive a clunker and you don't have a high school education. If he lives in your heart, you can cast out devils in his name. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Give me a little more monitor here. I got another sermon to preach. Somebody put your hands together and thank God. Now, let me show you something. Let me show you about the life and ministry of Jesus, of how, very quickly, how dependent, how key, how uh, significant the Holy Spirit was in the life of Jesus. And my effort is to say, if the Holy Spirit was so significant in the life of Jesus, is it not the same true for us that we need to be engaged in the life of the Spirit? If the Holy Spirit was significant for Jesus' life and ministry, it must be for our life. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit and Jesus' virgin birth. 
Matthew 1.18. Now the spirit of Jesus Christ was as follows. The birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they became together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. It's a whole sermon there, but I will, you, you know that Mary bringing forth Jesus Christ in her womb, out of her womb, was not conceived by biological human conception. But the angel said, the power of the Holy Spirit shall be upon you. Somebody say amen. amen. Let, 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 me, let me show you something else about the ministry of the Holy Spirit with Jesus. At his baptism. In Matthew three sixteen and 17. When he had been baptized. Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Can I get an amen? amen? The Holy Spirit was with Jesus at baptism, at birth, even at creation. Can I get an amen? amen? Over in the book of Genesis, when the Lord says, God said, let us make man in his own image. God was there. The Holy Ghost was there. And Jesus was there. Can I get another amen? L- look at the power of the Spirit in life of Jesus. Even before he began his ministry, when he went into a time of fasting and prayer. Matthew 4 and 1, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Can somebody help me here? I may know sometimes God, the Holy Spirit, will lead you through difficult places so that He can stretch you and grow you. Some people think, but only the good things come from the Lord and anything negative in my life must be the attack of Satan or some kind of wrong thing I've done. While those two possibilities are there, I want to tell you, if I heard anything from these sermons of our evangelists last week, was that they told us trouble come our way for us to know that power comes from God. Amen? And, and so the Spirit even led him. Here in another context, the Holy Spirit and Jesus' use of Scripture. We are told when Jesus quoted from the Word, and He often quoted from the Word, He was aware of the fact that the Holy Spirit was the author of Scripture. And He began a quotation from Psalm 110 verse 1 with these words. He said, For David himself said by the Holy Spirit. Here's another situation, circumstance, where which the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was with Jesus in His ministry. In Luke 4, 18 and 19, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind. He has sent me to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. If Jesus did nothing without the consent of the Father and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, then I say to you and I, you and I should be totally dependent on God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Can somebody say amen? If Jesus sanctioned the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost sanctioned Jesus because they're the same, and Jesus amplified and lifted up the Holy Ghost, our lives shall do the same. I like what John the Baptist said. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. 
Now, I don't know. This, this most likely will turn into a series of lessons on the Holy Spirit. Get this. There is a distinction of being saved and being filled with the Spirit. And a distinction of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. There are those who will tell you that you get, the, you get the Holy Spirit when you get saved. And they are right. You get the Holy Spirit when you're saved because you cannot, I cannot get saved without the Holy Spirit saying, Alan, you're lost. You can't save yourself. It's the Holy Spirit that makes a heart receptive to the word, to the song. It's the Holy Spirit that tenderizes our emotion and we cry out and say, God, forgive me. The Holy Spirit does that. And when you get saved, you don't get 10% saved. I feel it coming on. 50% saved. And I'll earn another 20% a year out. You get saved. And when you get saved, you don't get 10% the Spirit in you. When you get saved, you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I'm teaching you now, okay? Indwelling. But there is an experience beyond salvation when it relates to the Holy Spirit called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Pastor, where you get that? From right here. Because John was talking to people already converted. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. You're saved. You've been saved. Now you've you indicated your obedience to Christ by being baptized. But this is as much as I can do for you. There's coming one after me. He is Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Who is mightier than I? He is God in the flesh. He is so mighty and awesome and powerful. I, I'm not even worthy to lace up his shoes. Whose shoes I'm not worthy of. I, I, I can't even walk in his shoes. And when he comes, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And I'm, I'm trying to tell you here that there's an experience beyond salvation where you have the indwelling. If I say indwelling. Beyond salvation called a baptism. If it were not so, why would Jesus tell disciples who already saved before he goes to heaven at the end of the Gospel of Luke. Why would he tell them, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endured with power from on high. If they had all the Holy Ghost they were going to get when they got saved. I'm still preaching here. There's more. More power. Why would he tell the same group of people, actually maybe even more than them. On the very day that he ascended to heaven, after showing himself resurrected 40 days after his resurrection. Before he ascends into the clouds, he says in Acts 1 and 8, And you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And so, I'm saying to you, the Holy Ghost... Has been given so that we could live with more power and more anointing and more deliverance and more joy 
than the indwelling that we get at salvation. And it's... Okay, let me... Let me show you this. I've got to hurry here. What, what does the Holy Ghost do? Why do I need the Holy Ghost? You, you can turn to, to John 14. The Bible says, He will be your helper. Everybody say the word helper. helper. And I will pray to the Father. Jesus saying to His disciples, I will pray to the Father. And He'll give you another helper. Amen. He used to sing a song that says, I have somebody with me to bear my heavy load. Yeah. I feel his presence near me every day. That's my helper. Oh, I want to tell you something. (laughs) See this lady right here on the front row with the blonde head? I ain't near the man. I am if she wasn't my helper. No wonder God said to Adam, you got to have a help me. (laughs) I want to tell you, Valerie's my right arm and my left arm. Helper. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I got sometimes Valerie can't do for me. My mother's gone. My grandmother's gone. My dad's there. But sometimes I got to have a helper. Yes, Lord. Amen. Oh, man. If I didn't want to teach so bad, I'd go ahead and yell. Here's another work of the Holy Ghost. He will abide with you. Look at John 14, 16, everybody. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you. I feel like a songbook this morning. He abides. He abides. Hallelujah. He abides with me. I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the narrow way. For the comforter abides with me. How many of you know some people got to help you and they got to go on? Huh? And you got that card in your in your pocket that is is it is it the American Automobile Association? I mean, you carry that. I carry one of them. I, I even furnish one for my daughters and son-in-laws, so they won't call me. <laughs> I can't be with y'all. He will abide with you forever. And I'm being kind of maybe basic here, but after AAA leaves, and you got to go on, you got the Holy Ghost with you. Why do you need the baptism in the Holy Ghost? Number three, because he will be with you and in you. John 14, 74, he will dwell with you and will be in you. Oh, let me tell you. I'm on this good. Look look here, look here. I'm going to make you jealous. I'm only as good as that ounce or two of water I just drank. Well, carry me. Then I got to have a little bit more. Because the only way that could help me, if I get it in me, in that nice water. And I don't know why Jonathan Ziegler wants to throw water every time he comes to my church. I told him, give him a bottle so he can't throw it so far. But I like Jonathan. He's coming back and that's okay. Water ain't going to hurt nobody. He's a cur. <laughs> in that nice water. In it in a nice glass. In in a clean glass. Man, that water, that can give life, that can give energy, that can give strength, that can give refreshing nice water. Go on my way. Stupid man that I am. If I needed it, I got to get it in me. I'm not calling you stupid. It's just me, okay? 
I'm simply saying, if I have the option of energy and power available to me, free of charge, as a gift from somebody, why not take it and have it in you and with you and around you and above you and beneath you and all through you? Somebody praise the Lord. Hey, see, too many of you are hung up on some stuff. So you want it to be baptized of the Holy Ghost. You saw somebody, you saw somebody go, what glory? You thought, that ain't me. Don't want no Holy Ghost. You saw somebody do the head like that. <laughs> ah, that's human response. And then you've, you've done away with the speaking in tongues thing because you thought, if I got to do that, I don't want no Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. You don't have to act like anybody. You are in total control. And the tongues are from God and nobody will teach you. And when that time comes, you'll know it. But it shouldn't stop you from seeking the baptism. Okay? I mean, let me, let me tell you something. We see some people slain in the spirit. Well, I'm not going to do that. You don't have to. You don't have to fall unless you've got some kind of somebody knocking you down. When you're seeking the baptism of power of God that comes in you, you don't go into the twilight zone. Anybody hearing me? Well, I'm going to get up there and that little bald-headed man going to... Sprinkle some pixie dust on me and I'm going to go la, 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 la. No, you're not. <laughs> you can just turn around and go back to your seat if you want to. You don't have to take it. But I'm just trying to tell you, taste and see. The Lord is good. Huh? A lot of stuff has been abused in the church. A lot of stuff has been abused in the church and turned people off. Unfortunately, plane, when planes fly in, they crash. But people are still flying in planes. Unfortunately, many doctors don't mean to, but they do a surgery that didn't take. Sometimes infection spread, but we're still getting under the knife. <laughs> I'm preaching here. Yeah. Unfortunately, they make some cars that malfunction with steering wheel and brakes, and people have wrecks. But we're still driving them. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost, and He is. And sometimes people will abuse tongues and abuse the Bible and preach a bunch of nonsense that ain't of God and even carry out some gyrations in their bodies and actions. Whenever the Holy Ghost falls on anybody, it's not to draw attention to that person. Okay? So if you find that you're operating under the Holy Ghost and it's starting to draw attention to yourself instead of God, you need to stop that. But if it's the Holy Ghost and you're running or jumping or leaping and He gets the glory, then you go ahead and enjoy the Lord. But whenever it's trying to attract attention to yourself, God's going to rebuke you or He may let me rebuke you. You understand? Uh, what, what I'm trying to say is I'm not trying to get you off into some weird kind of bunch of nonsense. But I'm trying for you to understand that God has given us the power of the Holy Ghost to overcome the world and the flesh and the devil. He will teach you. I said he will teach you. Look at, look at John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Oh, help us, Jesus. How many, know you, how many of you, you would agree with, Pastor, that you never get too old to learn about the Lord? Matter of fact, you never get too old to learn. Period. Man, these phones, these cell phones, can't they do stuff? Huh? I'm telling you. Guy called me down in Trinidad. And, and, and I knew it would be costly, so I didn't answer it. <laughs> but now you could text for 50 cents. I did that. Said I'll be down in Trinidad. He said, "Well, I was just, 
a preacher friend. He said, I just checked and see if you're free for lunch today. And I texted him back, come on down. You can get your email. You can get the weather report. You can play songs. Come on, help me out. I'm upsetting you up. All that stuff. And I tell you, I am technologically challenged. See a pilot sitting with me here. We got pilots here. And I, I walk in there and I see that plane. And the first thing, first thing I do when I get on the plane, no offense there. I lay my hands on it. I do. Right at the door, I do. And I say, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Because I know whatever goes up must come down, but I want to come down right. But then I stick my head, looking over there at the cockpit. And I'm thinking, Stan, my God, does Stan know how to operate this? I'm talking switches. But Jesus himself will need a workbook. I want to get it. But these guys, and there are other pilots here, there are people in this service this morning who train pilots. I respect you. I pray for you, especially when I'm on board. I pray. I, I never get closer to God. I know I'm already closer to God up at 35,000 feet, but I'm a prayed up carrying my Bible man when I'm up in the air. Not near as frightened to fly as I used to be. But, uh, they always, these guys are always refreshing themselves. Can I get an amen here? Pilots. Aviators, because they want to do it better. I can't always get it right serving Jesus. I mess up sometimes, but I gotta have a helper. Would you would you stand with me? I gotta have a helper because I intend to make it all the way to heaven. Somebody intend to make it all the way to heaven? Say that. Sometimes I mean one thing and say something else. I gotta have a helper. Can I get an amen? Sometimes Paul says, I know what is right to do. I know what's right. I've been trained. But I do the wrong thing. Forgive me, Lord, and help me, Holy Ghost. Not a license to sin. Sometimes I'm reading the Bible. How many of uh, you know this morning that the Bible was written by God, inspiring holy men of old? Can you? Yes. The Bible, the, the Word of God said it was given to men of old, holy men, inspired. The Holy Ghost is the one who is the author. And sometimes I don't understand the Bible as clearly as I should. But when I read it through the fullness of the Holy Ghost, and I read it again, or I do a little research, it comes out. Because the Holy Ghost didn't write the Bible to confuse you, so you reject it, but to instruct you. And I'm going to ask you this morning. Would you consider being filled with the Holy Ghost? Would you consider being refilled with the Holy Ghost? Would you make yourself available before we leave this morning in a moment of prayer and say, God, I don't understand all there is to do, understand about the Holy Ghost. And I'll teach more about it. But I just want to whet your appetite. I want to whet your appetite by telling you if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit was with him at birth and baptism and in the wilderness and in the ministry and with miracles... If Jesus' life coexisted with power, with the Holy Ghost, you and I are no exceptions. I need you, Holy Ghost. Pastor Allen, heads bowed and eyes closed first, if you will. I first need Jesus because I can't have any Holy Ghost baptism without salvation. Heads bowed and eyes closed. First, you've got to be born again by giving your life to Jesus and saying, God, I have failed you. 
And I need you to save me and change me. I'm, I want to come to Christ as my Savior, receive Him as my Savior, or re-give, rededicate my life to Christ. I need that. If you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to rededicate, give my life to Christ the first time. Hold up your hand just a moment. I'll pray for you. I won't embarrass you. I'll pray for you. I see, I see a hand here, and, and there may be others. I see another hand. I see three and four and five and six. I see seven. Anybody else want to be included in rededication this morning? Put your hands down, please. Thank you for raising them. Now, everybody out loud, repeat in sincerity. Repeat sincerely this prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you today. I cannot save myself. But I don't have to save myself. You have offered me the gift of eternal life. I confess that I'm a sinner. Come into my heart. Forgive me of all of my sins. Wash me in your cleansing blood. Write my name in the book of life. Beginning today, Jesus, I am yours and you are mine. I confess that you are the Son of God. And I believe by the confession of my mouth and believing in my heart that you have saved me. I am saved. Amen. Put your hands together. Thank the Lord. Now, here's what I want to change the mode here. I want to go back to what you were singing, Cain. Nobody. Is that what it was saying? I want an atmosphere of praise. And listen to me. I got just enough time for you to be baptized with whoop glory. I know I lost about 20 of you. Not that. Just the Holy Ghost. Okay? I got just enough time for you to be a man, woman, teenager, single adult, or or whatever other category for you to step out in boldness and say, Pastor, when you call in a moment, I'm going to come and stand in the altar. And I'm going to lift my hands to the Lord and say, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. And then just begin to praise Him. Okay? Here's the instruction. If you want power to live above the world, the flesh, the devil, lust, sin, all kind of vices, you need the baptism. In order to get it, you got to put, put it on the screen. Did I, did I have something on the screen, the last three slides here? Okay? In order to get it, you got to first desire it. Can I get an amen? I didn't get my first date by just walking past Valerie. <laughs> when I did, a desire rose up. I know you all understand that. But that one all, I can desire this drink of water, but it's still in the glass. I got a hunger and thirst for righteousness, and I want to be filled. Can I get an amen? If I say desire. Then I got to delight myself in the Lord. The psalmist said, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Don't come here seeking the baptism, talking about God. I just got it so bad. Nobody loves me, everybody hates me, just think I'll eat worms. Pray that another time. Get happy today. Delight, lose yourself in the joy of the Lord and be determined. Because the promise is unto you and your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And I don't want nobody left out. So you say, Pastor, I don't want to say anything about this, but I want the Holy Spirit and I want to come and praise God by faith. Lead from where you're standing. Come in Jesus' name. Come, come from all over this church. Come close to the altar. And when you come, raise up your hands and begin to praise the Lord. And everybody else in the house, I want you to create the atmosphere for them to receive the power. Everybody else, raise up your hands. Come on. 
Many of you others need to rush up here. Don't start singing yet. Hurry. Many of you others. I want the elders to come. Former elders to come. I want church workers, altar workers to come. And stand. Lay your hands on somebody on their shoulder. Come. I want spirit-filled people who would like to see others get the baptism. Come and stand with them. Hurry. When you come, raise up your hands now and begin to say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Say it over and over. Say it out loud. Don't look at me. Look at him. And repeat it. Praise the Lord. Everybody else in the church. Praise him. Praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Praise him. Come on. Look at him. Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I bless you. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. of the Holy Ghost. I am not near as involved with wanting to impress anybody. But I pray for this service and I don't need any spectators. I need everybody to reach your hands in this direction. And I'm going to go among these people and lay hands on them. You lay hands on them. And I want you to pray that if you, I'm assuming that if you're there, you already have the Holy Ghost and you want them to have it. When they sing and we pray and you in the altar, just praise Him over and over. Those of you in the altar, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Get happy. Don't wait for me. Here we go. Everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, come on, keep it up. I need it. 
is more afraid of your praise than your prayers. Did you hear me? The devil could care less about your prayers. What he hates is your praise. Because your praise says to the devil, in spite of how I feel, I love the Lord. Your praise says to the devil that I'm not living by my emotions. I'm living by the assurance of who my Savior is and how good he is. So everybody, whether you're seeking the baptism or not, raise up your hands. No more play just softly and praise him out loud and say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Say it repeatedly. Come on. About 30 seconds. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In the choir, in the house, the devil is afraid of your praise. But heaven responds. Hallelujah. 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 Clap your hands and praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. That's the Holy Ghost. Get the Holy Ghost. Get the Holy Ghost while you praise Him. You don't have to work hard. You just have to praise Him. Hallelujah! 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 I dare you to lay your hands on somebody beside you and ask God to fill up with your spirit. Come on, lay your hands on somebody beside you. That's a good day. Say, God, fill them with the Spirit of God. Come on, pray that way. Hold on, my soul. Oh, blessed be the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, God. They need it for their marriage. They need it for their children. They need it for their grandchildren. They need it for their job. They need it to overcome temptation. Fill with the Holy Ghost. Oh, my, 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 my. Yes! God is in this house. And He says, if you are hungry, He's feeding. If you're thirsty, he's pouring it out. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, blessed be God. Now I'll say to those of you in the altar, praise him when you get in your car. You don't have to be in an altar to receive the baptism. Praise him before you go to bed. Even you lay in your bed. Praise him. There have been people who received the Holy Ghost in the grocery store because they were praising God in their spirit. You can receive him at the airport, in the grocery store, on your job, in the break room. Just keep praising God. Because sometimes feeling come like this. But sometimes it comes over a process. You hadn't wasted any time here. You just started to stir the water. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. <laughs> ma, 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 ma. I feel some of that dunamis dynamite about to explode. Give the Lord thanks. Give the Lord thanks. Listen. Every one of you in this altar. I call you by faith filled with the Spirit. But then I'm going to call you by faith baptized in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know, sometimes I let my mouth get ahead of my brains. But I don't think I'm going to do that now. I'm going to tell you something. I don't mean to make anybody mad. I don't mean to run people off. But you see right here? Am I looking right here? To right here? I'm Pentecostal. <laughs> And I believe in the power of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if I found water, I won't tell you where to get it. If I found bread, I won't tell you where to find it. If I found deliverance, I won't take you there. 
I can't be with you and in you, and you probably don't want me with you and in you. Ask Valerie. <laughs> you don't always want me with you, because anyhow, but you want him. You want him. Okay. He promised to be in you. He's with you. Have the greatest day of your life. God bless you. See you in the rapture if he doesn't. If he comes for me, meet again. Shake hands. Bless each other.